free to write on the forms. I know, I know we can um, get you more copies later. So feel free to make notes all over the ones that you have. Once we go through the goal setting, then I want to go into business planning and I want to make sure that I walk you through that process, but also leave plenty of time at the end for questions. Okay. So the first form that I'm going to look at, it says, where will you be? Um, I'm sorry. No, it's not. It's where are you now? I apologize. The wrong one's on top. So where are you now? And it looks like this. If you're looking for the form, where, where are you now? And really, we feel like before you can set assessment as to where you want to go, you got to kind of take your temperature as to where you are right now. What's frustrating you um, in your business or in your life or in your relationships that you want to fix moving forward next year? So we coach in seven boxes of life. We tell everybody our number one goal is to help you accumulate wealth through lead generation, uh, leveraging a team to accumulate more wealth. And the work-life balance comes with it for free, okay? So when you look at the seven boxes of life, uh, money and work are at the top. Not that that's most important, but we all know that we can leverage relationships when we have more money, meaning we can help somebody, um, have somebody help us to leverage our time, or we can pay somebody to outsource some things that will get it off our plate so we can do our number one job, which is prospecting, okay? So at the top, you'll see it says work. And what we like you to do is write down the first two frustrating things that comes to mind about your work, okay? And then on a scale of one to 10, I want you to rate it on how frustrated are you really? I'm just, okay, maybe a three to five. I'm really over the top frustrated, I'm a 10. And the frustrations may be I don't generate enough leads or I work too many hours or my lead conversion rate's not where I want it to be. So what are those frustrations with your work? Write down your two, there you go. Write down your two and then we want you to rate it, okay? Moving right along money. Listen, um, money frustrations can be I don't make enough, uh, I don't save enough, I spend too much. I don't know where my money goes. What's your frustration around money? Maybe you don't have a 401k set up for yourself or a SEP account. Um, and you really want to talk about learning to uh, get some financial wisdom. Maybe that's your frustration. Okay. Rate it. Go on to love life. Two frustrations around your love life. Maybe you don't get enough time with your spouse, significant other partner, uh, and you just, you need some more one-on-one -on -one time right? Maybe you don't have a love life and you need to put yourself in a place that you might could meet someone to spend some time with, right? Um, family, all of us have some kind of drama or something going on in our families, right? So what's frustrating you about your family relationships? Um, I have a daughter in the Marine Corps. I don't get to see enough. My, my dad lives on a farm um, in Illinois. I don't see him enough. So those are some frustrations around my family. So I've got to make a commitment in the new year to make sure that I am getting to see them a little more. The next one is spirituality, whether it's meditation, whether it's whatever you spiritual, natural nature, what, what frustrates you about it? Um, I can honestly tell you, I moved to Charlotte four years ago. I love, love, love my church in Tennessee, and I've not been able to find a church. So every year, my goal is to visit four new churches, and I keep visiting. I haven't found the church yet, but that's my frustration, if that makes sense. Okay. And then friends. Um, I can honestly tell you, when I was in real estate in the thick of working 80 hours a week, I had no friends because nobody wanted to hang out with me. All I did was answer my phone or text. And I was not really a good friend. And so I had to learn to be a better friend. And frustration for me for a long time was I just needed a friend, right? I just needed somebody that didn't want to talk about real estate. And so now that I'm not in that 
dynamic all day long. It's amazing. I have some friends that want to hang out with me. So what's your frustration around your friends? Maybe you haven't had a girl's trip or a guy's trip. Maybe that's something that's frustrating you. And then the last one is self. Um, I know as um, a realtor in my heyday, I was the last person that I took care of. And I got super unhealthy and overweight. And um, I had to make a lot of life changes. And you might can see in the corner up here, there's a lot of metals behind me. And that's how I changed my life is I decided I wasn't going to let everybody else take what, what, what I could give. And I was going to get what was left. I was going to make myself a priority. And I got really fit. And I started running races. And I met a lot of amazing people. So a lot of my friendships came because I wanted to get myself healthy. So you can see what you've got to do here is to be honest with yourself. These are your goals. These aren't for you to share with someone else. Um, you want to make sure that you're being raw and real and authentic with yourself. What are your frustrations? So we can fix that. Okay, so you're going to take yourself through this exercise and it should be first thing that comes to mind. It should be super quick. Write them down and then we're going to go and figure out how to make some tangible goals to fix these frustrations. Okay, and then I would just write your biggest struggle at the bottom. Which one in all these areas? What's your biggest frustration? What's the biggest one? If I made more money, I could fix all these other things. Or if I got myself healthy, I would have more energy to do all these things. I mean, what what is your biggest frustration? Okay. From here, we're going to take this information, we're going to map it out on a wheel. You have heard the words wheel of life. Um, I'm out of work-life balance. I'm not balanced. This is your visual wheel, okay? And so what you're going to do is after you rate those frustrations, you're going to use the center dot as your starting point, okay? And let's say you rated your money a five. You are going to go out five dashes, one, two, three, four, five, and put a dot there, okay? Go all the way down, money, work, live life. You're going to go all the way around the wheel. And then you got to connect the dots, okay? And some of the things that you may see on your wheel is, oh my gosh, I have a star. <laughs> I'm way out here at a point over here and I'm not really good over there. Um, you may see that your wheel is pretty balanced, but it's small. And that's kind of how I fixed myself. Um, I got myself balanced first and then I was able each year to make my wheel a little bit bigger. I could play a little bit bigger. I had a little more money to play with. I had a little more time to play with. So my wheel was able to make, remain balanced, but it had to get bigger, okay? Maybe you have a flat tire. Maybe one side's just super flat and the other side's really great. And that's what I will tell you about work-life balance. When you're working really hard in one area, we are ignoring another area right? So you got to make sure that you stay balanced. You got to work in all areas of your life all the time. So when you look at this wheel, I would write at the bottom, what's your big aha? You know, I'm great at work. I'm not really great at home, or I'm really great mom or dad or partner, but I stink at work. I need to get some balance in work, right? And again, these are your beliefs and your thought processes uh, of where you are, an assessment of yourself, okay? All right, so we're going to take this information. We see where we got to work. It's very visual. Most realtors, how many of you guys are visual? Are most of you visual learners? I'm a, definitely a visual learner. Yeah, me too. So when I see this, then I'm like, okay, now I know where I've got to focus, right? So the third sheet we're going to look at is actually where will you be? December 31st, almost a year from today, where are you going to be? And here's our goals of how we're going to get there, Okay. So we start at the top looking at your frustration. If your work is, I work too many hours a week, 
then maybe goal number one is I will work X hours per week for the first three months, and then I'll go to the next three months and cut back another hour. Listen, it's very hard to say I'm going to go from 80 hours to 50 hours overnight. We all know that that's not possible, right? So if you're working 50 and you want to go to 45 by the end of the year, go from 50 to 47 and a half for three months and get, get that in check and then drop back to 45. Okay, those are very tangible goals. This is where we fail when it comes to goal setting is we just say, I want to work less hours. Well, what does that look like, right? How do we get there? What, how do we make that happen? So I want to make sure that as you go through this exercise, it's very tangible, okay? So work less hours doesn't work, but for the first 90 days, I want to cut back to X hours. And then the next 90 days, I want to work into my permanent schedule of X hours for the rest of the year. Those are tangible goals. Make sense? Okay, maybe it's I want to hire my first part time assistant by March 1st. Okay, you've got to put a tangible date to it. All right, money, I want to save X dollars per month. Very easy. Love life might be I want a weekly date night. Okay, um, I can honestly tell you when I met, I use a lot of time management issues in my talks um, because that's how I found the core. Just to be honest with you, I, uh, painful story, but I'll give you a really quick snippet into who I was when, before I found coaching and some balance in my life is I had a small child and I would go home at night and sneak in through my garage. I would leave my car parked in the garage in the driveway instead of putting it in the garage. And I would come through our laundry room and turn the chimer off on my security system. And after we would have dinner, I would feed my child bathe him, spend time with my husband, everybody go to bed. I would sneak out of my house at night, y'all. I am not lying, okay? And I would go back to my office and I would work till two, three o'clock in the morning and come back home and sneak in bed with my husband. True story, okay? And got busted by the police officers in my town because I sell in a very small town and all the police officers knew me. My car was always at my office. And so one of them ran into my husband who happened to be our neighbor. And I has, they told my husband, your wife works a lot of hours. And my husband's like, really? Do tell. So I got in trouble. And so my husband said, we're going to fix this because you're either going to have an accident, fall asleep behind the wheel, or you're going to have, you know, somebody's going to abduct you coming out of an office building in the middle of the night. And either way, I'm lost, right? And so he said, we're going to fix it. And so literally I prayed, 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 found the core went to an event and signed up and I've been with them ever since. But the very first thing I said to them, I had to fix was my marriage. And so I went to a November summit and I did this form. And I said, you know what? Uh, if I'm going to work on my marriage, I have to have a date night every single, every single week. And we had a small child and financially um, it, it was, it was hard, but always just a time restraint too. Right. And so what I did was we had a date night every week, but it might be pizza on the porch. It might be a cup of coffee on the deck. It might be something, but I committed to spend an hour a week, just undivided attention with my husband and it fixed our marriage. And so I'm grateful to say I've been married almost 26 years now, but I could have lost the most important relationship to myself because I did not understand how important and valuable that was. And that came off of this goal setting. So we're empty nesters now, fast forward 20, almost 20 years. And um, our kids are out of the house and we still have a date night every Thursday night. So I don't work on Friday. And so Thursdays at 5.15, I'm out the door and we have a date every Thursday night. So um, these are things that should come out of your goals. Really uh, moving the needle forward for you, whether it's relationships or financial or your business, don't take these lightly. Okay, that's just a story I'll just share with y'all just because it came up. But um, just keep going, okay? 
all the way down. If you put weight loss, tell me how much you want to lose or tell me what your weight will be. Okay. And I mean, tell yourself, not me. You're not sending this to me. The last thing I want to share with you is over on the right. I want you to rate that in level of importance to you. Not, we all know that, you know, if you're a believer, spirituality, spirituality should be number one. And if you have a spouse and you don't make them number one, are you a bad spouse or partner? And the answer is no. Uh, this is the importance in which you need to work on them the most. Okay. So where are you the most broken that you want to focus the most? So if number one is, hey, I want to fix my money to where if I have a bad month, I'm not living on my credit card, then that should be number one. Right. And for me, my marriage is always number seven because my marriage is really good. I don't have to put a lot of energy in that systems in place. We take care of each other and we have this date night in place. So I don't really have to make that a priority anymore. It just happens. Does that make sense, everybody? So how you're going to rate that on the right. So if you show this to your spouse or partner or significant other, they're going to be like, I'm number five. Are you kidding me? Make sure you explain to them. It's not that they're number five on the list. They're just number five and things that you have to pay attention to. Okay, and then your most important one at the bottom. Now, here's your homework with this sheet for yourself. Once you get it dialed in, uh, type it, make it pretty with a marker, whatever you want to do. Okay, print three copies. Okay, I want three copies of this printed and laminated. All right, you want one on your desk. I have, I have a glass top desk and right here on the corner, it's the first thing I see every morning. It's the last thing I look at every night when I leave. Okay, put it on your desk. The second one, I want in your closet. Wherever we get dressed, ladies and gentlemen, where you're standing there putting on your shoes or putting on your belt, these goals should be there. Okay, I have a mirror in my closet. It's stuck on my mirror, all right? The third place is a realtor should put them is in your car. We stink and live in our car, right? So laminate one of those bad boys and put it in the door. Every time you open your door, you're gonna glance down and it's gonna remind you that you have some goals to succeed for 2022 for yourself. Okay, so three copies of that, pay attention to it. Now, if you wanna go one step forward, get with your broker, your lender partner and say, hey, here's my goals. I wanna meet every 60 days or every 90 days and I want you to help me hold myself accountable. I'm gonna need some help. I'm gonna fall off the wagon. I'm gonna fall out of the saddle, whatever analogy you wanna use, but I want you and I to meet every 60 days or so just to keep me in check. That's the accountability piece. Just remember knowledge is free. Accountability is everything, okay? Any questions around the goals before we jump into the business planning? Anybody have any questions around that? If you've muted yourself, you'll have to unmute yourself or I won't hear you. Okay. All right. So we'll keep moving. So the next form, can we do business plan, Johnny, please? All right. So this is, um, you have this one? There, yes, you do. Perfect. All right, great. Okay, so this is your one-year business plan. And again, just like with goal setting, you can't set a goal until you know where you are, right? And so I think a lot of times we read a book or we watch something and they say, oh, I doubled my income or I tripled my income or whatever in a year. And we all say, oh, I want to do that too. But we don't put a plan in place or we don't assess where we are before we can move forward. So in the core, one of the greatest gifts I can give you is assessment of where you are and then help you plan to where you're going to go. And in coaching, these are your goals. These are not my goals. These are not something I just pull out of the air and say, hey, Johnny, I want you to close this many or hey, Chris, this is your number. These are numbers that you create. And then we hold you accountable and give you the systems and the tools and the structure to make your business plan happen. 
Okay, so I'm going to use some really simple. I just did kind of like a, um, a fake one that I can walk you guys through so I can show you the math. So you can write my scenario down while we're going through this, or you can work on your own numbers. Okay, and we're going to spend a few minutes here really taking time. So if you have your numbers, um, feel free to plug them in and I'll help you work through them that way if you have any questions. Okay. I got a quick question for you. Yes, go for uh, you, it. You mentioned that you don't want to like, if you want to reduce your hours, step down slowly. Yes. If, how much would you recommend us, like a, a realistic goal, a year over year goal for us to put in? So for me, I literally was working about 80 hours a week. And so I was super understaffed. So I knew the first thing I had to do was hire somebody to take the administrative stuff off of me. So I knew I could go to 80 to 60 pretty quick because I hired two more hands. If you're a loan uh, agent working alone without, uh, I call it loan rangers, without a team member, I think realistically, when you really uh, assess your situation, you can probably go back two to two and a half hours per week when you get started. Um, and then by the end of the year, you should be able to cut back four to five hours. And I'll tell you really how to do that, Johnny, is carry a notebook for about a week. And every time you're doing something, write it down, like 30 minutes showing a house, two hours in a business luncheon, whatever. The reason I want you to do that is when you write everything down, you're going to see that you're putting a lot of personal stuff in there, like running to pick up your kids or getting a haircut or ladies, we run to get our nails done in between appointments. You can't really count that as work hours, although you're outside of the house that many hours. It's really not work hours. So what we really figure out is we are working less hours than we believe, but we don't track it that way. So I would tell you to start with an assessment for a week, just carry your notebook and write it. Like I started at eight o'clock at 8.30 at a coffee or nine o'clock at a team meeting or, I mean, just write it all out. I ran and got my hair cut. It took me 45 minutes, whatever. And then at the end of the week, when you start pulling the personal stuff out, you're like, wow, I did four or five hours of personal stuff that I'm counting as work stuff. Does that make sense? So yeah. you can cut those hours back pretty quick. Again, it's just accountability. We don't realize that we're kind of co-mingling and mixing stuff in because we're going all day long, right? Um, a couple other things I would tell you is if you will start setting some boundaries, boundaries are healthy, okay? So your voicemail looks like, hey, my start time is 8.30 and after seven o'clock at night, I'll be returning my calls the next day. Cut it off. But here's what I have to tell you. When you set those boundaries for yourself and that one client calls you at 8.15, and you respond, you just told that client, you can email me or call me or text me at 815 forever and ever, amen, right? So when you set those boundaries, make them hard, make them hard boundaries that after seven o'clock, I'm not picking up the phone, okay? So just make sure that you set some boundaries for yourself, but the tracking will give you a really good idea of how many you're working. And then you can say, gosh, I'm really not working 50. I'm only working 45. Maybe I'll cut back to 43 and a half for 90 days and then get under 40. Does that make sense? Did I answer your question, Johnny? You did, you did. And uh, I'm also curious, like maybe you'll touch on it later, but like for like gross income or units, like what would be a, a appropriate year over year increase? Yep, that's exactly what we're gonna talk about. So here we go, we're gonna jump in. All right, so one year business plan. All right, so we gotta know where we are right now and where we're going, okay? Now, we like 10 to 20% growth year over year. And I'll tell you why. Um, when people say I want to double my income, which is great, 99% of the time they're ill-prepared. Okay. So when you say I'm going to double my income, that means you got to stop and you got to hire some help. Did you, did you, you know, equate time for that? Usually not. Or I need to add more people to my database. 
So I have more people to call to generate more business. Did you equate the time for that? The answer is usually no. So when people say, hey, I'm going to double my business, it's not unheard of, but it's usually, hey, I inherited a subdivision of builder deals and I'm able to sit here and just sell here. It's, it's extenuating circumstances that allow them to do that. So we love 10 to 20% growth. That way the wheels don't come off, you grow organically, um, and you're able to maintain the work-life balance, if you will, okay? I think this is a great place for me to remind you, there are three reasons people don't refer us as realtors, okay? Just really three reasons. Number one, we don't ask. We don't wanna look desperate. Um, we, uh, we're like, they know what we do, right? I'm telling you, you miss a lot of opportunities just because you don't ask, all right? Number two, they don't know how. You need to stop and think about how many people in your database don't need a referral to survive, okay? That work for someone else that don't have referral top of mind all the time, right? So when we say, hey, who do you know that needs to buy or sell? They go, I don't know of anybody right now, but I'll send somebody when I think of them. That should be a red flag for you to say, they don't know how to refer me. Let me help them. So if you're talking to a past client and you know their kids play ball or soccer or tennis or whatever, I would just say, I completely understand that and I appreciate that. But hey, Donna, does your kids still play tennis? And they go, of course they do. Yeah. Say, that's a great place you might find me a referral when you hear somebody's parents might be moving to town to live closer to the grandkids or your husband's up for a promotion. You might be relocating. You haven't told the kids yet. Those are all great ways when you can say, hey, I've got the perfect connection for you when that time happens. Is it okay if I have her call you or have him call you? Okay, that's educating them on where they will find the referral because most of your people don't need referrals. So we get in our own head, they know what we do, but if they don't need referrals, they really don't know we need referrals. So you gotta educate them, okay? Number two reason. Number three, biggest one. They were not wowed through the experience of working with you. Therefore, they don't want to put their friends and family through an unhealthy relationship or experience too, period. So that's why I say we don't like 50% growth because that means you're dropping the ball, you're showing up late, things are being missed. And if you really want to build a 100% relationship-based business, then those clients have to be your number one concern all the time. And if it's always growth, growth, growth without having the systems in place, you're going to drop the ball and you may miss the opportunity to get the biggest referral of your life. Okay. So keep that in mind. So that's why we use that 10 to 20% Johnny as to how we like to methodically grow year over year and it's steady eddy, right? The wheels aren't going to come off. You're not going to drop any balls. So that that's the number I liked that we use here at the core that we all like to use. Okay. All right. So let's talk about GCI and taxable income. So you understand when I'm talking about these numbers here, okay? I like to say GCI is crap. That is my favorite motto around here. Everybody laughs and they love when I say that, but it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep, okay? So doesn't matter what your split is with your broker, they're do their money too. I've owned my own brokerage. I've worked for a big brokerage. You pay your dues, whatever it is, okay? So your GCI is the check that goes to the brokerage. Okay, and then you get, that's the commission, then you get net commission to yourself before expenses. Then I've got to take all my expenses out if I have a team or I pay for my mailers, my cell phone, my desk rent, whatever. Okay, 
And now I've got my taxable income. After the broker, after my expenses, I've got taxable income. But guess what? You're not done yet because you haven't paid your taxes. So out of the taxable income, now you got to pay Uncle Sam. Now we base all of our numbers on taxable income because I don't know your home situation. If you have a partner significant other where you file together, you're in a different tax bracket, whatever, you have to take care of that with your taxes, okay? But what's important to me is what is your taxable income, all right? So when you see this on here, taxable income is you have paid your broker, you have paid your expenses, but you have not paid Uncle Sam. So it's not technically what you take home, but it's what you're gonna pay taxes on. Is that fair enough? Everybody understand that? Okay, all right, so let's jump in. So the first number one on there is your taxable income for this year. So I, in my scenario, I used um, $81,000 as my taxable income for this person, okay, my fictitious person here. All right, and how many units has this person closed? How many units have you closed this year, okay? Uh, my person has closed 20 units, so it's like 1.6 units per month, okay? And then how many staff members do they have? None, okay, they have no staff members. There is a formula that we use here at the core on how to hire as well, all right? Three to four, depending on your price range, transactions per team member, okay? So you as a team member can close up to three, max of four per month with no help. Now, people go, whoa, I can do more than that. Well, what happens is that's three listing agents, three buyers agents, three buyers, three sellers, three inspectors, three appraisers, three, right? So it's not three deals. You're talking three by 10. You're talking you're managing 30 people. And yes, you don't touch all those people, but 30 people are touching your deal. Does that make sense? So when we talk about three to four per person, okay, now, when you get to three to four transactions per month, especially if you're doing three, two to three months back to back, it's time to be hiring, okay? That person that you hire would be an administrative type person. They pull your call list, they help you with your mailers, uh, they print your schedule, confirm your appointments, things that are unlicensed person. When they take that 15, 20 hours a week off of your plate, well, guess what happens? You're able to prospect more, so what happens? your income goes up, okay? You can pay for that person and you have more profit. If I'm in 80% green time every day, then my income will go up. Because right now, maybe you're 60% in admin. Let's be honest, the admin takes more time than the sales. So if you're 60% in admin and 40% in sales, and I reduce that and put 80% over here in sales, what will happen to your income? Go up, right? So one person per three. So when you hire that next person, you can go to six to seven deals with just one admin a month. So you're able to grow methodically. Does that make sense? Okay. So my person has zero people on this team. The next number four is what's your current business expenses? What are the expenses it costs you to run your Kendra Cook Inc. or Donna Abel's Inc.? Okay. So what does that look like? cell phone, mailers, postage, whatever you pay, right? If you have a happy hour or a luncheon, what does it cost you? Get your average expenses and plug that in, okay? The next one is huge. If you don't know where your deals are coming from off the top of your head, go print your MLS closings for the year 
and look back and say, hey, Bob came from a referral and Susie's a past client and you know, these three people were a Zillow conversion, whatever. You need to know what your business sources are. And most of us don't track that. I did not. I had no idea where my business came from when I got in the core. I was spending $40,000 a month. I didn't say a year. I said a month. I had shopping carts, moving trucks, billboards, mailers, you name it, I had it. I thought I was really cute and everybody was buying me because I was cute. Nobody ever called me when I started tracking it to say, oh my gosh, I saw your billboard or oh my gosh, I saw your moving truck. Nobody ever said that. Guess what they said? You sold my neighbor's house. You sold my mom's house. You sold my boss's house. And what I learned was I was running a referral business and didn't even know it. So I was chasing business by putting my face out there, yet that was not attracting any clients. My attraction was coming because I was doing a really good job for my current clients. And so when I flipped the switch and I turned all of that garbage off and I started spending a lot less money and loving on my clients a little bit more, I went from closing 200 deals a year to 363 deals in 365 days in 2016. I worked 32 and a half hours a week. I closed 95 million in production with a seven person team. So it is very easy to continue to grow as you put people on when you are servicing your clients and taking care of them. Does that make sense? So you got to know where your leads are coming from. So you spend more time there. And here I was throwing money at bad situations. that was giving me no return when all I had to do was start calling the people that knew, like, and trust me. I didn't even have a database. I closed 200 deals and didn't even have a database. That's the honest to God truth. So when I got in the core, they're like, how many people in your database? I'm like, what's the database? Like, I, I'm not kidding. It was a mess. And so when I just started plugging the holes and tracking leads, my business blew up and it was very manageable because everything was referred. Um, I can honestly tell you, I've never bought a lead as in like Zillow, Commission Inc, all that. I don't do, I never did any of that. Thank God. But I spent more money than that on billboards, shopping carts all the wrong way. Okay. So you just have to think about where your leads are coming from and focus there, spend more money there. All right. So what's your four sources of business? Past clients, current clients, workplace. Does somebody have a question? Oh, uh, Kendra. Yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask, what are your, what are the four main sources of business for a real estate agent? Yeah, for Sorry. a real estate agent. Okay, here we go. So database, <laughs> database, people who know, like, and trust you. Okay. People who know, like, and trust you. Now, a lot of people in real estate think database, like I've got Boomtown or I've got this and all these leads come in. No, no, no. I'm talking about people who know, like, and trust you. The rule for me is if I walk in a restaurant, I know you and you know me. Now, here's the funny thing. I don't know anybody's name. I know everybody's address. Is anybody else like that? I can tell you what house you bought, but I have no idea your name, right? And so the rule with my husband is if I just say, this is my husband, you know I don't know their name, so make sure you ask their name. But I can tell you where they all live, right? So database, people who know, like, and trust you. Number two, another big source of business for us is VIPs. We'll save that webinar for another day. What is a VIP? Who are they? Uh, but I get a big group of my referrals from VIPs, okay? The third one could be open houses, uh, websites, you know, any kind of cult. We call those cold leads because they're ads per se, okay? And then the last one is CCRs, which is current client referrals. I work every current client to get two referrals, Okay, so if I'm doing 20 deals this month and I got two leads from each one of them, I got 40 leads to pick from. Pretty cool, huh? 
So the current client referral is big, right? So we want to wow them at every step. So at the end, when I say, hey, did we take great care of you? Yes, you did. Who do you know? I need two more names just like you. Get a lot of warm referrals that way. Okay, so those are my four best referral sources. Moving on down, be honest. What is your current biggest weakness? Is it time management? Is I don't track my leads? Is I don't have enough leads? I don't generate enough? I don't know. What's your current weakness? Okay. And then what's your net income per transaction? It's pretty easy uh, to figure out. What you're going to do is track all your uh, deals for the year. Okay. And we're looking at net income after you split with the, with the broker before your expenses. Divide it by the number of units that you do. And my person here is averaging uh, 58.50 per deal. I, did, I put them on an 85.15 split, okay? Uh, the next one is, did you save any money? Listen, guys, we don't wanna do this forever. Someday you wanna ride off into the sunset, right? So we gotta save money for the rainy day. Unfortunately, realtors, a lot of times we don't. And so when we have a bad month, we live on our credit card. And then we constantly trying to get out of the hole. So saving money, if you ever get in a pickle, you just borrow money from yourself, interest-free, and then you pay it back when you have the good month, okay? So get in the habit of saving some money. The next one, what's your current work hours? Just what I shared with Johnny, if you really don't know how many hours you work a week, a week's worth of exercise would be great. So you can really figure out how many hours you're working, okay? And then the last one, what's your average sales price? What's your average sales price? Again, Take all your volume, divide it by the number of your closings. It'll give you your average sales price. Okay. So now we've assessed the situation where we are right now. Now, how do we build on it? So you have to have a conversation with yourself. Hey, I want to grow by 10% next year. And then I feel like if I had enough systems in place and I learned this business, you know, called real estate, then I could grow by 20% the next year. Okay. So we're going to take the bottom and I'm going to show you the difference of my guy here did a 10% growth. Okay, so I based that took the top numbers and I based a 10% growth for this person. All right. So now at the end of 2022, my taxable income goal is 92,000. 92,000. I want to close two a month. So I'm going from 1.6 to two a month. Okay. I don't have to hire a person. I could hire a person to make my life a little bit easier, but my net would go down. So I chose to show you that I did hire a person, okay, in this exercise. So I'm going to add one staff person, even if it's just a part-time person, okay? And I have my business expenses up at the top were 3000 I bumped them up to 5500 because I've got to pay this person, okay? So... I took my ad spend down in my mind. I made a note. I'm going to spend less on ads. If you're buying Facebook ads, Zillow, whatever you're buying, take your ad purchase down, hire somebody. So you fill it back up a little bit with an extra person. Then you can prospect more to generate free leads. Make sense? Okay. So I raised that by 5,500. And then I said, okay, at the top, I had database at 30%. I was only getting about 30% of my closed deals from database. I'm gonna bump that up to 40 because I have more time to prospect with my person. You guys following me so far? Okay. The VIPs was 10% last year. I wanna bump that up to 25. I'll do some more coffee appointments. These are people that are very important in my life. And if I poured into them, gave them what they want, they would probably help me more. So I bumped that up to 25. 
I had 10% towards for my CCRs. I'm gonna bump that up to 20, 20%. We're gonna add another layer of gifting at the end. I'm gonna do some different things. So if I think I can get 20% higher on my CCRs, okay? And then the last one, my cold leads, which was 50% last year, because I didn't have all these systems in place, I'm gonna drop that down to 15%, okay? So that equals 100% of my business will come from those four pillars, all right? At the top, my biggest weakness was leads and lead conversion. I wasn't generating enough leads and the leads I was generating, they weren't converting at a high enough ratio. So I want to uh, get more, more warm leads. So I bumped my lead count from 15 to 20. And I'm gonna follow what we say in the core is a theme day, who to call, what to say every single day. So I'm gonna prospect outbound calls five days a week. That'll get my lead count up. And if they're warmer leads, they'll convert at a higher rate. That will fix my weaknesses. Does that make sense for everybody so far? Okay. All right. My net income transaction is going to go up just a wee bit from 5850 to 6500 because I know for a fact if I convert more warm leads, do they refer higher or lower? They refer up, right? So if I get more warm leads that are referred in, my commission is going to go up a little bit. So I took it from 5850 to 6500. Okay, not a huge jump, just a little bit, all right? I wanna save 20%. Ultimate goal is we save 20% of our taxable. So 20% of my 92 is 18.4, okay? So I've gotta make sure that I'm saving a thousand and change every single month to equal that amount. So now that's part of my goals. I'm gonna save a thousand whatever dollars per month to hit my savings goal, okay? I wanna make sure that my hours are 45 to 50 and tracked every day. I'm gonna hold myself accountable to track what time am I gonna start and what time am I gonna go home? That's tracking your hours, okay? And my new sales price is gonna go from 250 to 275, all right? So what I wanna show you is when I break that down, my taxable income at the top was 81,000. My taxable income at the bottom was 92,000. I made uh, about $11,000 more on the bottom if you're in a 30% tax bracket. So I didn't grow 50%, right? I grew right at 10%. So I'm gonna take home a little more than 10%, but I also saved more money. Make sense? Okay. All right. That walks you through. Now, if you're going to do 20%, do just what I did. Just bump it up by 20, okay? If you don't want to grow at all, you just want to work less hours and hire somebody you already make a ton of money, great. Simplify that, okay? But you got to assess, and then you got to figure out where you want to go to build your dreams. Make sense? Kendra, you, you mentioned um, you were going to increase your average sales price. How did you, how do you intend to do that year over year? Like what are, what are some things? Yeah. You so some of the things that I do is just like I said, at the top, I was only working 50% of my leads were warm because most of my leads were coming in from cold sources. So when I flipped the script at the bottom and I wanted to generate 25 warm leads, they refer higher. So if my average sales price was 250 at the top and 50% of more of my leads are going to be warm and they refer up, I can assume that my price range may go up 25 grand. And so that's what I did. The other thing that I would tell you is when we do a listing sale or a purchase, I do just listed, just sold cards. 
So if I sell a, and I just use very easy, I know you guys are in California and that's not your average sales prices, but for me, it was just easy math. But if you do, um, let's say somebody buys a 250 house uh, or sells a 250 house, they're going to a 400 neighborhood, right? So I want to do the just listed in the 250, but I want to do the just sold in the 400 because I could get a listing over there. If I just sold that house, that drives my my um, average up as well. So we do a lot of what we call tell 50s. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but there's a ton of um, postcard companies out there that are super easy to do. And what you do is you put a pin on the house on, on their map on their website and you tell them you want to notify the closest 50 neighbors that you listed this house. And then the close those same 50 when you sell it that you sold it. And so it's kind of like target prospecting or target marketing, if you guys have heard those circle prospecting, there's all these little things out there, but we just call them tell 50s. I've been doing them for, I mean, that's how I really built my name when I moved into the market that I was in. Um, just, just listed, just sold. But I do the just listed and just sold on my listings, but I do the just sold in the market where I take my clients to because they need to see that, hey, she sold that house in here. She might have another buyer and we might want to sell our house. We get a ton of calls that way. So we call them tell 50s, just listed, just sold. Great question. What other questions do you guys have? Did I put y'all asleep or I answered all your no, questions? No, you didn't. Uh, Lisa, Lisa Jeffries has a question. We, I don't know the answer to this. We are recording it just in case the answer is yes, but are we going to be able to share this recording of this, Kendra? Yeah, I, okay. I, I don't know who recorded it. I would assume you guys recorded it on your end since it's your yeah. link. So yeah, yeah, we, we are. Listen, yeah. yes, we that's what we do. We share everything. If you follow us on Facebook, we share everything. So we figure if one person takes it and we change your life, then we paid it forward. So yes, definitely. Awesome. Thank you. Real quick in a in less than like two minutes or whatever, if you want if you can just squeeze out the idea of a VIP. A lot of people don't yes. understand what VIP is. Absolutely happy to. So um your database is people who know, like, and trust you. Okay. So we like that number to be between four and 450. We figure out that that is a manageable number. Like you can know them, they would know you, those kind of things. Okay. Out of that four, 450, I want you to extract 50 people of the most very important people in your life as a realtor. So those should be your financial planner, your CPA, your painter, um, your private banker, um, you know, your lender, you're looking for 50 people that are very important and influential in your life. Most of them should be business people that have the opportunity to refer you multiple times in a year. Okay. Now I'll be honest with you. My mom is on my VIP list. My husband's on my VIP list. And yes, my mother knows I'm a realtor, but you know what? It doesn't hurt for me to just do a check-in call. I'm making prospecting calls. Mom, you're very important. You know, anybody that's come by herself. Number one, your mom's going to be happy you called. Number two, she forgets what the heck we do. She's got her life. We just got a reminder, right? And so um, put people on this list that are VIPs that have the opportunity to refer you four times a year. Now, notice I didn't say give you four leads. I said refer you four times a year, okay? So if they gave you four names in a year and two of them bought and you had 50 VIPs and each one of you sent two closings, that's a hundred deals. Okay. So here's what we track in the core. This is what I can tell you. Facts, stats, however you want to look at it. 400 people in your database, well, 15% of them will buy, sell, or move. I'm sorry, buy, sell, or 
refer every single year. Buy, sell, or remove 15% of those 400, that's 60 deals, okay? And then I've got this 50 over here that I asked them to help me find four names of people who may buy or sell. They don't have to sell them, that's my job. Just give me four names throughout the year. And if I convert 50% of those, that's 100. So I got 100 deals over here and I got 60 deals over here and now I got 160 closings. Do you need any more than that? So start with 10 VIPs, start with 10, set the expectation. Hey, I wanna help you grow your business. I'm gonna you know, refer to my clients to you as a CPA or whatever when I can, but in return, I wanna be an extension in your business. I know people ask you for referrals all the time. Can I be your go-to realtor? Can you help me find four referrals next year? And here's what you'll find. They'll say, gosh, I can't find four, but I could probably find you two. Are you gonna say no to two? Say, oh, okay, give me those two and we'll find two more later, right? Take the two, set the expectation high and meet them in the middle. You'll be surprised, okay? So that's what a VIP is. We call them every month, once, once a month. You call it, so I take my 50, I divide it in force and I call them once a month, just check in, have a Ford conversation, family, occupation, recreation, dreams. I invite them to a couple client parties. I send them something on their birthday. They're my best, biggest referral source because they're the movers and shakers out in the community helping you. They're an advocate for you. When you're not there selling you, they're selling you. That's what a VIP is. Great question. Thanks, Chris. Anything else? You guys got me for 11 more minutes if you have a question. No? Anybody? There was another form. Did you want to cover that one or is that? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah. You want to click over there? Yeah. It's really kind of the worksheet that drives that last one. But yes, we'll run through it. So this is where you take a lot of the same information you just got. But trying to figure out who are you going to target? Okay. So we call whales people who, who close 10 or more deals a year with you. So that would be a builder, a developer. Um, if you've got a financial planner that helps you find 10 closed deals, those are whales. Okay. So we have database, we have VIPs, and then we have whales. Okay. So whales are few and far between, but if you just landed one new whale next year, what would happen to your business? 10 more deals to the bottom line, right? A whale could be a builder. If you know a builder, it could be a developer. It could be an HR company. Um, you know, I mean, I know we coach a lot of people in Austin. So right now their biggest whale is... Tesla, right? It's moving down there. Um, and so they've got craziness going on down there. Um, but whoever your whale is, so set your sights on, I'm going to call three whales every two weeks. I might land an appointment with one. I might get one. I might not. But that's your prospecting outbound all the time. Okay. So these are ideas for you to help you build your business next year. If you're going to hire a staff or you have a staff currently, rate them. Would you rehire everybody on your team? How many of you have a staff person? Anybody have a team member or staff person? Okay, so that may not apply to as many, but for you, Johnny, if you assess your situation, oh, not, not the right person on the bus, this is the way you can set up some expectations of how to fix that in the new year, okay? Um, what's our next one down there? There we go, current hours, we've talked about that one. Vacations, you gonna take a vacation next year? Where would you wanna go? What does it look like? Listen, guys, things don't happen because we don't plan them, right? So plan your vacations out. Mine are already planned out. I've got my husband and I were unified. They're on the calendar. They'll happen. 
What new systems will you add? What new systems will you add? Do you want a listing checklist? Do you want a buyer checklist? Do you want a celebration number? We have a celebration number on our team. If we hit a certain number of sales for the month, we all leave early on Friday. That's our celebration number. That's fun. If I, if I get to tell 22 people they can run out the door an hour and a half early on Friday, what do you think they do? They're going to bust their tail Monday through Friday, right? Sometimes you just got to make it fun for yourself. Listen, you get your teeth kicked in enough as a realtor, right? It's okay to have a celebration. So maybe that's a system you will put in there. What was your savings for this past year? What's it going to be next year? We in the quarter talk about making more, saving more, and giving more. So that's what that giving is. Those that have have to give to the have-nots. Uh, do you have a current birthday program for your clients? You send them a Starbucks card. You send them an ice cream cone voucher. You know, do you do anything for your birthday program? If not, it's another great way to stay in front of your clients. What events and parties will you have? COVID has uh, kind of been crazy. I know we're open back up. I'm not sure what your standards are there yet, but if you can start having some events or some parties, we did a lot of virtual stuff. I'm sure you guys did too, but um, plan that out. You know, what does that look like? Do you need to host an event virtually or can you have something in the park? Get those planned out. Here's where I talk about the database, the 400 people. Um, we, you can separate it out 50 favorite people, 50 past clients. I, we only do video, uh, the VIPs and the database now, but you can call them whatever you want. Some people like to call them favorite people versus VIPs. Uh, let's see, propose systems to your list. Have you a video program for them? Listen, you guys, I don't like myself on video, but 125,000 videos go out of me a week. I cut them all on Monday and I hate my voice, so I don't watch them. That's the key to it. But that's a system we added to drip on potential clients. And listen, that, that system works whether you're there or not. So maybe you don't have a way to drip on your database. Put something new in there. What's a proposed system you can do? A weekly video, a monthly video, um, leadership changes. Are you going to hire a coach? Are you going to hire a leadership person? Are you going to read a book? I'm a big reader. I read a book a month. Um, you know, one of my big goals for next year is I'm going to go somewhere and get, go to a seminar and be coached. I'm usually hosting the seminars and it's like, it's time for me to get my cup filled up. I haven't had a, an outside coach for a while. So my leadership changes, I'm going to attend some kind of leadership retreat to grow myself and my, and my uh, skills. So what does that look like for you? So this is kind of the worksheet to play with. And then a lot of this stuff you can use as, on your goal sheet as things you want to put in place um, for your boxes. Where will you be at the end of the year? Okay. That help you guys? Absolutely. No, I, that was, I heard this was going to be the best business planner class and this was so good. <laughs> I got sat through a three hour one a couple weeks ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to end. <laughs> it's the opposite. I keep, wanting, I keep wanting to hear more. So a question that I'm, con that I'm struggling with is, what is something that, uh, what's the number one thing an agent should focus on in 2022? Some people say video, some people say database, some people say, like, what do you see agents winning like at a higher percentage when they focus on this one thing? I think because inventory is such a drastic nightmare for a lot of us. Is, is inventory a rough spot for you guys in your marketplace? Yeah. So I think that the key to getting more listings next year will be the, the person with the most listings will win. Let's say that. Okay. And so how do you do that? When you're calling through your database, make sure you have accurate data. Like how long have they been in that house? Did you sell that house to them three years ago or five years ago? Do a quick CMA. Like the values from three years ago to now has gone up 50%. So when you're calling that database, give them something of value. 
hey, you've been in the house five years, Donna, and it looks like, I'm sorry, Donna, you're right in front of me. I keep calling on you, so I'm not picking on you. You're just right there. Um, but, you know, hey, Donna, you've been in your house five years. I don't know if you're aware, but the values have gone up 50%. And along with that, they just raised the, the limits on our conventional loans and our FHA loans. So if moving is anywhere in your mindset for 2022, it's time for us to meet right? Versus, hey, do you know anybody that's going to buy or sell? Or do you have any questions for me, right? In the core, we talk about finding a need and filling a need, okay? And finding the need, maybe they just want to paint the pink bedroom of the house you sold them last year and they still haven't done it. Refer them to a painter, right? That's finding the need. They need a painter. Give them a name of a reputable painter. But I think the biggest key for all of us as realtors in 2022 is going to be continuing to battle the inventory issue and how can you be relevant and bring value is always when you're making those calls, have some stats and some data in front of you to share to help them push them over the edge. Hey, now we're ready, right? We didn't do it last year. We didn't do it through COVID. We didn't do it. Now we're ready. So that's what I would tell you. The one thing you need to focus on is listings. I can tell you, I always carried 60 plus listings. My goal as a team was to carry 60 listings at all times. And it is a pain in the butt, but guess what? I don't work on the weekends. Buyer's agents work on the weekends. I get to be home, right? So if you want to flip your business, get on the get on the listing train, and that's the way to do it. Is bring a lot of value to your current clients. Around it's time to sell or it's not. Got it. So what I'm hearing is if you don't have a database, you need that database so you know who to contact and how often to contact them. This is your database. Open your phone, and everybody's name and number that's in here. This is your database. So that's what I tell the brand new realtor when they call me, I want you to hire me as a coach. I can't hire you or you can't hire me until you have a database because I teach 100% database. I don't know how to cold call. I don't know how to knock doors. I only know how to build great relationships. That's what I teach. Okay. So open your phone, open Outlook. Everybody's computer's got Outlook. Start putting your names, phone numbers, email addresses and call them. Hey, I don't have your mailing address. Can I get your mailing address? Start building the database. Get it to 100. Then start going out in the community, go to a YPN event, young professional networking event, go to a chamber event, join a BNI, join a nonprofit that you're passionate about, start meeting people, adding them to the database. And before you know it, you're at 250 and then you're at 400. But don't get caught up and I don't have a database. This is your database. You don't need to spend a ton of money on buying software. Use Outlook. There's a notes column in there. Everything you need is right there. So I don't teach people to go spend a lot of money. I just teach them to pick up the phone and call, build a relationship, maybe buy a $3 cup of coffee. That's really it. And I would say part of the, the VIP and the database and all that stuff that I've really blown up would be the people that you already use, right? If you already use a painter, if you already use a financial planner, if you already use a um, CPA. Right utilize those friendships now. Yeah. And it's not cold calling. I, yeah. I, I always say in my talks, I've never cold called a day in my life. I hate it. I mean, the thought that somebody would cuss me out or hang me up, hang up on me would just freak me out. So I just didn't do it. So I was like, Hey, I got to meet more people that know me, like me and trust me. So I don't get hung up on or cussed out. So I don't know how to cold call exactly what Chris is saying, leverage those relationships. And when you're calling through your database, if you don't have a CPA, ask one of your past clients, Hey, do you have somebody that does your taxes? Would you connect me to them? I'm looking for a CPA. Leverage your relationships to help fill the gaps that you don't have for those people on your VIP list. It's not like picking up the phone and saying, hey, can I pick your brain? 
none of us have any brain power for anybody to pick, right? We're tapped out. <laughs> so leverage the relationships that you have and have them open those doors for you. It's no more cold calling. It's just leveraging good relationships. Thank you so much for, for coming on. That was really awesome. You're welcome. It was nice. Uh, everybody can do a round of applause, please. It was so nice to meet you guys. So all of you are in one brokerage. Johnny, is this your brokerage? No, this is this is people from many different parts of the world all over the world. Oh, yeah. super cool. All in okay. Sacramento. Yeah. Oh, all in Sacramento area? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming today. And if I can ever help you, I would love to. And um, I appreciate your participation. Go crush it for 2022, okay? Awesome. Right, thank you so much. Have a See great ya. day. See y'all. All right, everybody, before you hop off, before you hop off, we're losing people. We will provide the um, a recording of this. It'll be up on YouTube and we'll show the link. And then we're also going to, in the YouTube video, there will, if you look at show more, there will be the links to all the documents that Kendra shared with us. You should already have them in your inbox. Just in case you don't, though, they'll be stored up there online for you to reference at a later date. With that, Perfect. do you have anything you want to add? No, I will say like, uh, if you really stick to what she's saying, I, I, you know, I started with the core five, uh, let's see here. So they do it in six month increments, right? And you have to re-up every six months. They ask you if you want to stick around. So, uh, and if it, it's very regimented, but it, if, if you are in the future and if you stick to these things, you will blow up. And if you think of yourself more as a salesperson, as opposed to a real estate agent, you will really take your business to the next level. I will say that. How do you become a part of the core? How did I? Um, How would I? So uh, they have. So you could look them up uh, online um, and see what they have to offer. They have three different levels of being part of them. Um, they. Um, and I can get you over the information as well. And I could put in their, their information. John, could you, if I get it over to you, will you put it in there? And then they can look up uh, a bunch of their information. Plus they have a, a lot of free stuff on YouTube as well. So you can look up, uh, Kendra does something every single week uh, where she posts something on YouTube. Uh, and by the way, she was correct about the videos. Make sure you guys are doing videos. I do a video every single Wednesday. Um, just to like stay relevant, stay in front of my database and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I just paid, I just put a, um, a link to the core down in the chat core training. So you just, it's the core training.com if you want to check it out. Um, as far as the YouTube, so we're going to, I'm going to send you an email with, with all this information, anybody that registered for this, you'll get an email with a copy of the recording and all that. But just so you know, it's also going to be up on YouTube. Um, it'll be on, on our team channel, it's like made for more. So you can just find it there. Nice. Um, and if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to myself, reach out to Chris. Like we wanna help you. We wanted to provide this, we believe a rising tide lifts all ships and the better we do next year, the better we'll all do. So with that, let me see if there's one more question. All right, thank you, Natalia. All right, everybody. See you guys. Have a great Bye. day. See ya. Bye. You're welcome, Stacy. Welcome, Dustin. Mimi, hi.